This is Peter Will Watson. Yes. Now, where was that answering light, do you think? Uh, further up, I feel sure, by the Neolithic hut circle. Good heavens. What's that, Watson? I don't know. I, I heard it once before. It's, it's a sound they have on the moor. Watson, it was the cry of a hound. The hound of the Baskervilles. Even to this day, I tremble when I recall those words. My name is Watson, Dr. Watson, and it was my privilege to share the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. I'll just refresh your memory on events so far, and then we'll tell you what happened next concerning the Hound of the Baskervilles. When Dr. Mortimer had finished his strange story of the Hound of the Baskervilles and how Sir Charles had met his death, my friend Sherlock Holmes persuaded Dr. Mortimer and me to accompany Sir Henry Baskerville to the ancestral home on Dartmoor. While Holmes remained behind in Baker Street, we soon found ourselves driving across the moor to Baskerville Hall. Wonderful country, isn't it, Doctor? It's very beautiful. There's autumn in the air, though. Hello? What's this? Uh, what's, oh, what's the matter? Look, up there on the skyline. Huh? Oh, a man on horseback. Oh, with a rifle. Oh, there's a convict escaped from the prison, sir. Oh? Been out there three days now. Warders are watching every road. There's no sign of him yet. Farmers back here don't like it, sir, and that's a fact. Well, who is he, then? Seldon, the Notting Hill murderer. Seldon. And he's somewhere out there, hiding in a burrow like a wild beast. That's all this more needs, gentlemen. I don't know if it's my imagination, but it's getting mighty cold. Welcome, Sir Henry. Welcome to Baskerville Hall. Thank you. You are uh, Barrymore, I take it. I am, Sir Henry. I see. Uh, Doctor, will you stay for dinner? Uh, no, thank you, if you don't mind. My wife will be expecting me. Mm -hmm. I'd stay to show you over the house, but Barrymore will be a better guide than I. Very well. Uh, Perkins. Uh, Perkins, take uh, Dr. Mortimer on with you. Au revoir, then, Doctor, and thank you for all the help you've given. Oh, Doctor, it's just as I imagined it. Rafters, oak paneling, stag's heads, coats of arms. Isn't it the very picture of an old family home? Yeah. And my people have lived here for 500 years. Excuse me, Sir Henry. Hmm. Yes, Barrymore? Sir, huh? my wife and I will be happy to stay with you until you've made fresh arrangements. Fresh arrangements? Do you mean your wife and you want to leave? Only when it's quite convenient to use her. Well, I'd uh, be sorry to start my life here by breaking an old family connection. I feel that too, sir. So does my wife. Well, then what's the trouble? To tell the truth, sir, we were both very much attached to Sir Charles, and his death gave us a shock and made these surroundings very painful to us. I'm afraid we could never be easy in our minds at Baskerville Hall again. What do you plan to do? Well, I've no doubt, sir, we shall succeed in establishing ourselves in some business. Sir Charles's generosity has given us the means to do it. I see. And now, sir, perhaps I'd better show you to your room. 
Ah. Good morning, Dr. Watson. Oh, morning, Sir Henry. Did you happen to hear someone sobbing in the night? Well, that's curious. I, I thought it was all a dream. I heard it quite distinctly. A woman sobbing. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, uh, there I'm on. It's a very good breakfast. Uh, tell me, we both thought we heard a woman crying in the night. Do you know anything about it? No, Sir Henry. There are only two women here at night. One is the scullery maid who sleeps in the west wing, and the other is my wife. It certainly wasn't her. Can I bring you more coffee, sir? No, thank you. Very good, Sir Henry. I don't believe him. Why not? I passed Mrs. Barrymore on my way downstairs. Her eyes were red and swollen. It must have been her. Do you think it was him following me in that cab in Regent Street? Oh, we'll soon find out. Oh, how? When we left you after lunch in London, Holmes sent a telegram to Barrymore with strict instructions that it was to be delivered personally to Barrymore or returned. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd walk over to Grimpen Post Office and have a word with the postmaster. It'll give me something to report to Holmes. Do you feel like a walk? Uh, no, no, no. I've got a lot of papers to attend to here. You go on your own. I'll see you back here for lunch. <laughs> My boy took the telegram and gave it to Mrs. Barrymore. Why not to Mr. Barrymore himself, as instructed? He was up in the loft at the time. Did anyone see him? Well, surely his wife ought to know where he is. He got the telegram, didn't he? If there's any mistake, it's for Mr. Barrymore to complain. Uh, excuse me, but uh, isn't this Dr. Watson? Uh, yes, but uh, I don't think I have... Uh, allow me to introduce myself. Stapleton of oh. Merripit House. Oh, uh, Stapleton, how, how, how do you do, sir? I hope Sir Henry is none the worse for his journey. He's very well, thank you. Excellent. Uh, are you going back to Baskerville Hall now, Doctor? That was my intention. Then our roads lie together. And just over there, you you can see the plume of smoke from here. Mm-hmm. That's where I live, uh, Merripit House. Oh. It's only a moderate walk from the Moor Path. If yes. you've a few minutes to spare, I should appreciate the honor of introducing you to my sister. I should be delighted. Oh, come along, then. wonderful place, the moor. Yes. Never tire of it. You can't think what secrets it contains. You know it well, then. I've been here two years. The residents call me a newcomer. But my tastes led me to explore every part of the country round. As you can see, I, I'm a naturalist. Mm. Some of the locals laugh at my butterfly net and this tin I always carry with me. Oh, let me up to it. So, although I've only recently come here, I shoot things for a few men who know the moor better than I do. But is it so hard to know? Very hard. For instance... You see that great plain to the north with the hills behind it? That is the great Grimpen Mire. A full step there means death to man or beast. It's dangerous to cross, even in the dry seasons. But after these autumn rains, it's an awful place. Yet I can find my way to the very heart of it and come back alive. But why should you want to go to such a dreadful place? Uh, well, you, you see the hills beyond? There are really islands cut off on all sides by the mire uh, which crawl round in the course of the year. I see, yes. That is where the rare plants and butterflies are. There are one or two paths that an active man can take. Well, I'll try my luck someday. For God's sake, put such an idea out of your mind. You wouldn't have a chance. It's only by remembering very complex landmarks that I can do it. Good heavens, what was that? Queer place, the moor. What is it, man? The peasants say it's the hound of the Baskervilles calling for its prey. It's the weirdest thing I ever heard in my life, and even in India. Yes, it's it's rather an uncanny place altogether. 
Look at that hillside. Mm-hmm. What do you make of those circular rings of stone? What are they? Sheep pens? No, they're the homes of our worthy ancestors. <laughs> it's quite a town. When was it inhabited? A Neolithic man. No date. Oh, oh excuse me. Uh, did you see that butterfly? It's a cyclopedes. Uh, very rare. You scarcely ever see them in autumn. Uh, I must try and get it. I say, Mr. Stavlin, do be careful. Or you'll tell me how dangerous it... Well, I suppose he knows what he's doing. Good heavens, I didn't hear it. Go back. Go straight back to London. Why, 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 why should I go back? I can't explain, but for God's sake, do what I ask you. Go back and never set foot on the moor again. But I've only just come. My brother's coming back. Not a word of what I said. Would you mind getting me that orchid among the mare's tails? We're very rich in orchids on the moor. They're getting rather late for them. Beryl? Oh, you've introduced yourselves, I see. Yes, I was telling Sir Henry that the orchids are nearly over. That's not Sir Henry Baskerville. No, no, oh. only a humble commoner. I'm his friend, Dr. Watson. Then we've been talking at cross purposes. Why, you hadn't very much time for talk. I, I talked as if Dr. Watson were a resident instead of just a visitor. It can't matter to him whether it's early or late for orchids. Well, never mind. Do please come and see Meredith's house, Doctor. No, really, thank you. I, I, I promise, Sir Henry. It must be a pleasure deferred. Uh, au revoir, Doctor Watson. Goodbye, sir. Come, Bevel. Uh, my dear Holmes, I've waited until tonight to finish this letter to you, as I did not wish to arouse uh, Henry's curiosity or alarm. I mentioned to him that I'd met the Stapletons, but not that she had whispered to me this strange warning, thinking that I was Sir Henry myself. Stapleton, I learned, was a schoolmaster in the north whose school was running well till an epidemic killed three of the boys and they never recovered from the blow. Sir Henry's in excellent spirits. We've been sitting over the fire and talking with the portraits of the Baskerville ancestors looking down on us. It's now nearly two o'clock in the morning. Who's that? Ah, Sir Henry. Anything wrong? I'm not sure. There was a creaking in the passage outside. I saw a candle and a shadow. Well, let's go see. Yes. There you are. There's a light in one of those rooms. Who is it? Barrymore. What's he doing? He seems to be signaling with a candle, I should think, and staring out onto the world. Constance to report this morning. No more nocturnal wanderings. And today, Mr. Stapleton and his handsome sister are joining us for luncheon with Dr. Mortimer. Good evening. Dear Holmes, a new complication. If we had not enough, Sir Henry has shown an obvious attachment to Mr. Stapleton's sister. This was clear enough at our first luncheon party, of which I wrote to you earlier, and equally clear was Mr. Stapleton's hostility. Now the thing has moved further. A meeting on the moors between Sir Henry and the sister, interrupted with angry words by the jealous Mr. Stapleton. Otherwise, nothing but we listen every night for Barrymore to repeat his strange behavior. Yes? Watson. Uh-huh. He's come to that room again. I'm going to 
to challenge him. Bring your revolver. They will. He must have been holding that candle as a signal. Give it to me, Bell. It's not a signal, sir. Give me that candle. Now let us see if there's any answer. Yep. Ah, there it is. By Jove, yes. Rascal. You still deny it's a signal? It's my business, not yours. Then by thunder, you'll leave my employment in the morning. Come, Watson. Bring your revolver. I have it with you. I'm going to take that man out there, whoever he may be. Trophy remnants of food and shelter. Who left them there? Don't ask me, Sir Henry. Don't ask me. I, I give you my word, sir. It's not my secret. I thunder, Barrymore. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? Your family has lived with mine under this roof for over a hundred years. And here I find you deep in some plot against me. No. No, sir. Not against you. Mrs. Barrymore, why have you come here? Oh, let me speak. It's my doing, Sir Henry. He's done nothing except for my sake. I asked him to do it. Well, speak out then. What does it mean? My brother is starving out there on the moor. Your brother? We can't let him perish at our very gate, sir. Our light is a signal. We have food for him. Then your brother is... The, the escaped convict, sir. Seldon. The criminal. It's... Well, oh, it is, Sir Henry, every word of it. Well, I, I, I can't blame you for standing by your own vice, but you must see the man's a public danger. In a very few days, sir, he'll be on his way to South America. If he can only lie quiet till the ship's ready for him. I beg you not to let the police know he's still on the moor. <laughs> what do you say, Watson? Well, if you were safely out of the country, it would relieve the taxpayer of a burden. Yes, that's true, I suppose. I guess we're aiding and abetting a felony, eh, Watson? Yes, I'm afraid so. All the same, I... Well, I, I don't feel now I can get the man up, and that's an end of it. Oh, sir. Uh, sir Henry. Yes? What is it now? You've been so kind to us, sir, that I... I should like to do the best I can in return. I... I know something. What do you mean? It's about poor Sir Charles's death, sir. What? Do you know how he died? No, sir, I don't know that. Or what, then? I know why he was at the gate. Why? To meet a woman. A woman? Yes, sir. Oh, what was her name? Well, I can't give you that, sir, but I can give you her initials. They were L.L. How do you know that? Well, sir, your uncle had a letter that morning. It was from Coombe Tracy, and addressed in a woman's hand. Well? I thought no more of the matter, sir, but the other day my wife was cleaning out Sir Charles's study, and she found the ashes of a burned letter in the back of the grate. Most of it was charred to pieces, but there was just one slip you could still read. Oh, what did it say? It said, 
Please, please, as you are a gentleman, burn this letter and be at the gate by ten o'clock. And the initials were L.L. And you've no idea who L.L. is? No, sir. Hmm. Very good, Barrymore. You and your wife may go. Thank you, sir. Thank God bless you, sir. I've been right around the black tor. Oh, let me give you a lift home, then. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm very upset, Dr. Watson. My spaniel has disappeared. Oh. Oh, yes, little curly-haired chap. Wandered off into the moor and never came back. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, any news of Sherlock Holmes? No, very little. He acknowledges my reports. He doesn't say much. Who oh, Mortimer? Uh, you know, is there a woman living around here with the initials L.L.? Not that I know of. L.L. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, of course there is. Laura Lyons of Coombe Tracy. Who is she? Married some artist fellow called Lyons who came sketching on the moors. He walked out on her and now the poor girl hasn't a penny. How does she live? Oh, several of us have helped her. Stapleton, Sir Charles. So have I. She's managed to start a little typewriting business. Why do you ask? Oh, just curiosity. <laughs> Uh, I don't think we've met, Mr... Uh, Doctor. Dr. Watson. Oh, how do you do? How do you do? It was about the late Sir Charles Baskerville that I've come to see you. What can I tell you about him? You knew him, didn't you? Yes. I owe a great deal to his kindness. Did you correspond with him? What is the object of this interrogation? To avoid a public scandal. Yes. I did write once or twice to Sir Charles... To acknowledge his generosity. How did he know enough about your affairs to be able to help you? Through my friend, Mr. Stapleton. Did you ever write to Sir Charles asking him to meet you? Surely, sir. Certainly not. Not on the very day of Sir Charles's death? No. Surely your memory deceives you. Didn't you write, please, please burn this letter and be at the gate by ten o'clock? Yes. I believe that if I could see him, I could gain his help. Well, what happened when you got there? I never went. Mrs. Lyons. I swear it on all I hold sacred. Something intervened to prevent my going. What? You probably know that I made a rash marriage and have had reason to regret it. Yes, I've heard something of the kind. My husband has made my life one incessant persecution. Oh, dear. I've learned that there was a possibility of regaining my freedom if certain expenses could be met. Mm. And I thought that if Sir Charles heard the story from my own lips, he might help me. Then why didn't you go? Because I received help in the interval uh, from another source. Then why didn't you write to Sir Charles and explain? I was going to. Then the next morning, I heard that he had died. I thought you got lost on the moor, sir. Uh, Come on, your lunch is waiting for you. No, thank you. No, 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 I didn't get lost. I, 
I was driving back from Mrs. Lyons and Mortimer stopped me. Said he'd forgotten to tell me that he's observed a boy go up every day towards those stone huts on the hill. Regular stockwork. That's odd. Oh, uh, Barrymore. Dr. Watson's here now. Very good, sir. Oh, and Barrymore. Do you know anything about a boy going up on the moors? Is he anything to do with that, uh, that precious relation of yours? Uh, no, sir. I think he takes food to that other man. What other, other man? man? I don't know, sir. Selden says he's not a convict. He says he's living in one of those stone huts, and the boy brings him up food from one of the villages. But he doesn't know who he is? No, sir. He doesn't like it. Neither do we, sir, I can tell you. Waiting for something, he seems to be. There's foul play somewhere, yes, sir, I'll swear it. Who on earth can it be? Do you think it's that same fellow who was following your body in London? Ah. I'd better send a report by telegraph. Now, I'll do better than that. I'll go up onto the moor this evening. Oh, I'll come with you. No, I can't permit it. Huh? That was Holmes's last word to me. Keep him off the moor, especially after dark. And it'll be close on dark by the time I get there. But, my dear fellow... Don't worry, you? don't worry. I'll take my revolver. Oh, I can look after myself. Do you realize, Sir Henry, this fellow may be the key to the whole mystery? He gave us the slip in Regent Street thanks to his handsome cab. Well, he won't do it up there. <laughs> Who knows? For once I may succeed where even Holmes has failed. With tingling nerves, I sat in the dark recesses of the hut and waited for the coming of its tenant. And then, at last, I heard it. It's a lovely evening, Watson. Oh. I really think you'll be more comfortable outside than in. Holmes! Holmes! And please be careful with that revolver. Oh, my dear Holmes, I was never more glad to see anyone in my life. How did you know I was in there? Watson, if you seriously desire to surprise me, you must change your tobacconist. Oh, my cigarette in? Yes. You threw it down, no doubt, at that supreme moment when you charged into the empty house. But Holmes, how in the name of wonder did you get here? I thought you were in Baker Street working on that case of blackmailing. That was what I wished you to I'd been over to see a Mrs. Laura Lyons at Coombe Tracy. Well done. We've obviously been working on parallel lines. What did you learn? Well, she made an appointment with Sir Charles at the gate. She admits that. Sir. She wanted money to help her divorce. But what? she never went. Something happened to make her change her mind, but she wouldn't tell me what. She also said that she first got in touch with Sir Charles through Stapleton. Ah, now that's important. It bridges the gap. You're aware, I suppose, that there's a close intimacy between the lady and Stapleton. Oh, I didn't know that. There's no doubt about it. Now, this puts a very powerful weapon into our hands. If I can only use it to detach Stapleton's wife. His wife? Why, yes. The lady who passes for his sister is his wife. Good heavens, why the elaborate deception? Because he foresaw that she'd be more used to him as a free woman. Then, is he our enemy? Was it he who dogged us in London? So I read the riddle. Stapleton. And the warning letter, that must have come from her. Exactly. But Holmes, how do you know this woman is his wife? Because he so far forgot himself as to give you a true piece of autobiography when he first met you. 
There's no one easier to trace than a schoolmaster. Then what, Stapleton, after? It is murder, Watson. Refined, cold-blooded, deliberate murder. Listen! My God, what's that? Where is it? The hounds! Great heavens of where too late! Come, Watson, come! is one of the most famous stories of Sherlock Holmes from the inspired pen of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. We are presenting it in three parts, and you have just heard part two. My name in real life is Norman Shelley. My old colleague, Carlton Hobbs, played Sherlock Holmes, and I was Dr. Watson. Felix Felton wrote the script for this BBC production from London. I look forward to the pleasure of your company again very soon. For part three of the Hound of the Baskervilles.